When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Mike Patra, and I'm the host of the Hoop Ball DFS Today podcast. Come join us as we go game by game, breaking down our top plays, fades, values, pivots, and talk overall strategy for both tournaments and cash games. And the best part, we're doing this seven days a week. So come check us out. That's Hoop Ball DFS Today. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Mike Patra, for any updates, listener contests, and DFS information. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello, Hoop Ball Lakers fan. 52 and 19. That is how the regular slash bubble season is ending. Uh, the Lakers went 3 and 5 in the bubble. Kind of how I sort of loosely predicted at one point. It seemed as though to go 6 and 8, or to go 6 and 2. Five and three wasn't really necessary. They immediately locked up the number one seed with that second win. This three and five in the bubble kind of it was all about establishing rotations, letting players get used to each other, seeing what kind of chemistry there was to hash out amongst new pieces. I think as a team, uh, the Lakers learned some important lessons. They that they. They might have played with a frustrating lack of effort at times, but I feel sincerely that this is a team that knows how daunting the task at hand will be, and and they'll be plenty focused up once the playoffs start. Uh, For today's episode, I am your host, JC DeLeon. You can follow follow me on Twitter at JCDeLeon1. You can follow the the Lakers HoopBall show at Twitter at HoopBallLakers. It's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L Lakers. Uh, Ethan is off for this episode. He'll be back uh, next time, but yeah, he wanted me to kind of take this time to sort of wrap up the bubble, give you guys some, uh, some grades on how the players did throughout the eight games. And that's pretty much what we're going to focus on here. So speaking of the playoffs, every every matchup of the first round has been established with the exception of the Lakers' first round. There's currently a four-way battle for that eighth spot between the Portland Trailblazers, the Memphis Grizzlies, surprisingly, the Phoenix Suns, and the San Antonio Spurs. Now, the Spurs have the toughest road to that spot. They need a lot of outside help to get there. Not only do they need to win, at least two of those teams mentioned previously need to lose, and so that doesn't seem very likely. Uh, So we're not going to talk very much about San Antonio. The Phoenix Suns are an interesting case. They've actually gone 7-0 and in the bubble. Devin Booker has been playing out of his mind. Uh, they could 
very possibly go eight and zero undefeated in the bubble and not make the playoffs. Um, Devin Booker has been playing insane lately, as mentioned. He's also been showing a lot of love for the Lakers franchise and how much he misses Kobe Bryant. Could be interesting come free agent time, but that's a discussion for another day. Uh, Memphis has looked like they had they had the most locked in position when the bubble started. They were playing really consistently. They didn't lose very much coming into the bubble. John Morant's been playing really well, um, but yeah, I think I think one I think one thing the bubble has shown is. There's not a lot of room to stay stagnant, which unfortunately is sort of where the Lakers are. But this bubble slash seeding season was really all about who can improve and who can sort of surprise and come out on top. And Phoenix has definitely done that, but so has Portland. And and yeah, Memphis sort of staying pat. That's that's not what you want to do in this bubble season. You wanna you wanna play better than what you had been if you wanna if you wanna stay in the race. And Memphis just didn't do that. <clears throat> but yeah, Portland, they've been making a deeply impressive run at this playoff spot. They have a healthy Nurkic, which is not something they would have planned for this regular season. So the, you know, this four-month-plus hiatus of the COVID-19 really kind of helped Portland in that way. Melo lost some weight, and he's playing skinnier, and he's playing a lot better. And uh, you have a supremely pissed-off Damian Lillard. Thanks for that, Patrick Beverly and Paul George. Uh, since a loss to the Clippers in which Damian Lillard missed some clutch free throws that would have gotten them the tie, Pat Bev and Paul George sort of got under his skin and made fun of him for missing those free throws. And all he's done since then is score 51 and then 61 in two consecutive wins on their way to grabbing that eighth playoff spot. But there is still a likely play-in match to come. But, yeah, it doesn't seem like playing against a... a angry Damian Lillard is a recipe for success and that may be what the Lakers have to have to deal with and there's even some conspiracy theorists out there not that I subscribe to that sort of thing that the Clippers are trying to uh to kind of maybe help Portland get into that spot because Portland does provide the toughest matchup for the Lakers um but yeah since uh yeah, it's going to be an interesting playoff play-in period to see who does get that eighth spot. And, yeah, now's the time for uh, players that have been growing bubble beards or waiting for that playoffs to, to look good, play good. Now's the time for them to take care of that, especially as the time gets closer for them to bring in guests like wives, longtime girlfriends. They'll have to look their absolute best, and with the help of Manscaped, they can do that. <clears throat> uh, Manscaped is the... They have redesigned their their electric trimmer. Uh, they spent 18 months perfecting the greatest hair trimmer ever created, and they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. It's a third-generation trimmer that features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce accidents, and it also has advanced skin-safe technology. When, when I tell you that this is premium, this is premium. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. It's water-resistant, so you can do, groom the shower. It's got an LED light so you can illuminate the areas that you're trying to groom so you can see what you're doing. It's got a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology and let's not forget about that charging stand. You can show it off loud and proud. Let everyone know that you are a pr proud Manscaped user and with the code HOOPBALL20 you can get 20% off plus free shipping so that's like an extra 5 bucks right there. Use the code HOOPBALL20 at Manscaped.com. 
So as nice as it would have been to see the New Orleans Pelicans in the playoffs and Zion Williamson in the playoffs for the first time, seeing all those former Lakers that made the trade for, for AD possible, it just unfortunately was not in the cards. Portland does present a really tough matchup. Uh, I mentioned the health of Nurkic. He could make a he could make a tough time for for Dwight and Javale. Uh, it could also even provide tough defense for Anthony Davis with, for the times that he's going to have to play a five, and he is going to have to play a five at times, pretty much every round. There's not really any way to to avoid that. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, there are even a good number of talking heads that are saying Portland can beat the Lakers in the first round, and so that's obviously the most difficult matchup. Uh, Phoenix. Phoenix, as I said, is an interesting case. They can go undefeated in the bubble and possibly not get that eighth spot. And to go undefeated in, in an environment like the bubble and to come away with nothing is really unfortunate. I think it's really impressive to go undefeated. Like, we've seen really good teams, Clippers, Lakers, Toronto. Like, nobody's gone undefeated in the bubble. It's 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 a hard environment. Uh, Jalen Brown of the Celtics even talked about how in the regular season you can sort of focus and unwind and get away from basketball for a little bit as as we need to do sometimes. And you can't do it in the bubble. In the bubble, it's basketball 24-7. Even when you're relaxing and you know doing things that aren't basketball related, you're doing them with your teammates or you're doing them with your opponents. Basketball is on your mind 24-7. And so... This is a difficult environment to play in. LeBron's even talked about how difficult the environment is. I don't know that he's fully adjusted. I think once the playoffs come, he sort of hyper-focuses on the task at hand anyways, and so then I don't think it'll be an issue. But, yeah, that's basically what's going on with with Phoenix. And, I mean, kudos to them if they can go undefeated. And Devin Booker, like I said, has been playing really great. Um... Memphis does provide a favorable matchup if they do end up. Uh, they don't have a lot of uh, great bigs, and beyond John Morant, there's not a whole lot that this team can really do. They would they would be sort of your prototypical easy first round matchup if they did get that eighth spot. But the fact that the the fact that the eighth spot could be so competitive, whether it's Portland or Phoenix. It'll make for a good good and entertaining first round. And Frank Vogel is even kind of looking forward to a more difficult matchup because he's he's anxious to see how that can sort of fine-tune his team. And so maybe it could be a blessing in disguise to play Portland or Phoenix. But we'll know this weekend. Uh, we'll know this weekend who the Lakers will play in round one. Like I said, every other matchup for the first round has been decided. There's some fun ones in there. Oklahoma City, Houston is going to be a fun one. Chris Paul versus James Harden after they were teammates last season. That'll be really fun to watch. Chris Paul has been playing great lately. He's had a great regular season. He played great in the bubble. Uh, Really big fan of that guy and how he's been playing. Um, But for this episode, we're going to focus back on the Lakers. We're going to do a little bit of grading now that... Now that the Lakers have played their final game of the regular season against Sacramento earlier today, and they lost... Uh, four of the main rota- rotation players didn't play. LeBron only played in the first half, got his double digits to keep that double dig- digit streak alive. So we won't really include today's game in today's numbers. Uh, Sacramento literally had their bags packed, and as of this recording, are probably on a plane right now back to Sacramento. Um, te- teams that have been mathematically eliminated, they get to play all their, their eight games, 
But yeah, when going into that eighth game, they're supposed to have their bags packed, and as soon as the game is over, they shower and they are gone from the bubble. But before we get into the grades, we should take a moment to celebrate that sports are finally back. We've been waiting since March for sports to finally be back, and now sports have been back for a little while with the MLB and NHL and NBA bubble, obviously, but playoffs are finally here for the the NBA season, and that's something we've truly been waiting for. By now, we would have known who the NBA champion would have been. We'd We'd be hip deep in free agency right now. We would know who all the new Lakers are going to be next season. We don't know any of that right now. All we know is that the playoffs are going on right now. And if you want to bet on the playoffs, you can do so at MyBookie. MyBookie.ag is a home run, slam dunk, triple overtime, game-winning shot, all wrapped up into one. I love it, you love it, and that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. They have up-to-the-minute odds on all your favorite teams, and with the start of the NBA playoff season just around the corner, there's never been a better time to start playing. With MyBookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. And and join today, and MyBookie will match your deposit 100%. They'll even toss in a free... MLB future wager. All you all you have to do is enter in the promo code Hoopball. That's H O O P B A L L when signing up at my bookie. Remember, you bet, you win, they pay. So for the grades, uh, I I'm not going to start with LeBron and AD because we'll we'll actually sort of do them last. And there's not really any order of importance I'm going to get to. I just, it's just kind of sort of my stream of consciousness as far as the grades. I do have them all pulled up here, so thankfully it's not going to take me a lot of searching time. But <clears throat> I did want to start with Alex Caruso, just because I know what you're all thinking. I'm an Alex Caruso crazy fan. Ethan's an Alex Caruso crazy fan. Every Laker fan is just crazy about Alex Caruso, and for good reason. He's fun to watch. He's a great teammate. How good is he, really? Well, let's let's take a look at his grade. And I also know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, oh, I'm going to give him an A just because he's the great Alex Caruso. But I'm not going to give, not necessarily going to do that. Alex Caruso is going to get a, we'll give him a B. Why are we going to give him a B? Well, you know, we've talked about how impactful he is on defense. Now, if we were to separate this offense and defense, he would get an A-plus on defense for sure. And that's not hyperbole. He, we've mentioned time and time again how he does things that don't show up in the stat sheet. He deflects passes. He kind of tricks guys into dribbling out of bounds, forces shot clock violations, does all these crazy things that, that get recorded as kind of team turnovers. They don't really get attributed to him. He'll, he'll take on anyone in the post, whether it be a big or a wing. He'll, he'll do it all. He'll take charges. He's supremely impactful defensively for this team. Now, offensively. I don't want to say I'd give him an F on offense, although it's really hard to... It's really... is. I think he, he understands his role on offense. And I think because of that, you could, you could go C for his role on offense... And that's sort of where I get B. You get an A and a C sort of evens it out to a B overall offense and defense. Offensively, to look at his stat sheet, atrocious. Five and a half points a game. The man is shooting 15% from three. 15%. 0.154. This is a man who at one point 
Shot damn near 40% from three. He's a good three-point shooter. I don't know where his shot has gone. You could say the same for a few people. Even free throw percentage, he's shooting 61%. He doesn't shoot a lot of free throws. But man, come on, you're a wing. You've got to shoot better than 61% from from free throw. 15% from three. Overall shooting 32% from the field. In about 24 minutes per game. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of minutes to be putting up these kind of numbers on offense. But he hasn't been very much of a hindrance on the offense. Uh, he, In his 24 minutes, he gets three. He gets almost four assists a game. That's really good. Uh, defensively, he gets 1.7 steals. So almost two steals a game in his, in his 24 minutes. Uh, gets about four rebounds. So he, he gets in there and he scraps and he gets rebounds and he makes really smart passes. And this is kind of why he gets a C on offense because even though the man can't shoot a beach ball into the ocean right now, he makes really good passes. And he doesn't stall the offense when he's in there. He doesn't, he doesn't move a lot. He makes good cuts when he sees good cuts. And when he gets good cuts, he gets passes and he gets easy layups. He can do that. He can finish up the rim. So because of that, yeah, Alex Caruso gets a B. He's not going to get an automatic A+, just because he's a Alex Caruso and, and we all love him. No, we have more sense than that. So Alex Caruso, he gets a B. I think one of the more important players, when you factor in LeBron and AD, and you sort of pencil in their numbers and what they're going to be, obviously they're going to be impactful. Who's going to be the third best? Well, I think we finally have our answer. Seems like it's going to be Kyle Kuzma. Now, Kyle Kuzma, has, he was playing really well before the COVID hiatus happened. He was rebounding a lot. He was playing really great defense. He was shooting the ball better. And we all wondered what he was going to be like coming into the bubble. And so, hes I don't think any Laker has played all eight games. So, he didn't play today against Sacramento. So, his numbers are final numbers for the bubble. So, he played seven games, scored 15.4 points a game, averages one steal, Averages almost a block, four rebounds. Here are the numbers that I do really like. Uh, 1.6 assists in about 28 minutes. So one of the biggest problems with him offensively was how he would get the ball and he would start dribbling and he would pretty much only create shots for himself and most of the time would only create bad shots. Well, more and more he's been, he's been making smart passes. He's dribbling to continue to give the offense flow rather than to create shots for himself. Uh, and so that's where, so that's where his increase in assists have come from. And, but most importantly, he's been catching and shooting extremely well, 44% from three. He, and he's been shooting about five threes a game in his 28 minutes. So yeah, he's been playing extremely well, had that game winning shot against Denver, uh, even shot that over, a, a bowl bowl who, Bulbul, <laughs> that dude made he made a really good switch off on a bad play from Mason Plumley. He Bulbul was sort of in no man's land, but he he almost got that thing that, that Kyle Kuzma made. But it was a game-winning shot, nonetheless, with 0.4 seconds left. Kyle Kuzma has been playing really great lately, and yeah, his success is going to be extremely key to the Lakers' success. Uh, let's take a look at the bigs now. Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. Now, so depending on the matchup in the playoffs, they may not even really get a lot of playing time. 
And so Dwight Dwight Howard in about 17 minutes per game is scoring about 7 points. He's grabbing a lot of rebounds, almost 8 rebounds a game. He's not blocking a lot of shots. He's he's fouling a lot. But I think there's sort of been a weird pattern with these bubble games in that they they've been officiated very strangely and Dwight hasn't really seemed to have been able to get into a flow of any game really just because he finds himself in foul trouble. And I don't know if that's something he can work on or if there's some kind of adjustment memo that the league needs to send to the referees to sort of kind of let these play, let these guys play a little bit more. I, I, I don't really know what it is. But he's he's been struggling to find his, his flow and he's been struggling to maintain the momentum that he had going into the season that he had built up during the season. Uh, before the hiatus happened, um, but I do think, I do think he can come around. There's, there's still, there's still been one or two moments every game where him and LeBron do something where it's just like, man, it would have been unfair if these guys played together five years ago. And I think every game they need to have one or two of those moments. And if they do, I think Dwight will, continue, Dwight will continue to play really well. JaVale's playing less minutes. He's playing about 14, about four points a game. He's not grabbing a ton of rebounds. He's not blocking as many shots as I'd like him to. Only point, point 0.3 in the bubble in about 14 minutes. He's not getting into foul trouble as much, but he's been scoring early lately. And I, I've said time and time again, I think one of his more important roles is to sort of set the tone for the team. He plays with a lot of effort. And I think that effort is contagious, and so that's where I think his uh, his most important impact is going to be. Not necessarily him scoring or defending, really, but just sort of having a positive impact and a positive plus-minus on the team. Oh, grades. Sorry, I forgot this. This is the whole point of this thing. Uh, Dwight and JaVale... C+. Plus. C plus for both of them. They're not getting a lot of opportunity, but at the same time, they're not making as much of their opportunity as they could, in my opinion. So some of the other role players, Danny Green. Mm, Danny Green. So Danny Green last season was a player who I can't remember if he made an all, all defensive third team or if he just simply got votes but he has a reputation as a defensive player you're not really seeing that as much you saw it a little bit against Toronto but the Lakers got smoked against Toronto and so it's not the best example and in the bubble Danny Green's other primary focus is going to be three-point shooting and he is currently shooting 28% in the bubble in five games, he's shooting 28%, like I mentioned. He's only scoring about seven points a game. He's playing 24 minutes. So it seems like he's starting and getting benched early. And it seems like with him, it's really going to matter how he starts and what Frank Vogel's going to do with him. So that's sort of been... it. I don't know. It's, it's sort of an incomplete on Danny Green, but yeah, if I had to give him an F, like D, D, maybe D minus, like he's passing grade, although he's, he's, he's not exactly failing, he's just wildly, wildly disappointing uh, versus expectations.
KCP. Uh, KCP is a little bit of a different story. He's he's not relied on for scoring as much or three-point shooting as much as Danny Green, although his numbers are pretty much the same. Um, but he has had more of a defensive impact, and so I think for him his grade is going to be C-. C- minus for, for KCP. Uh, 7.3 points a game, one assist, almost two rebounds. Almost a steal. Shooting 28% from three as well, although the last great game he did shoot better, and he looked a lot better. And so I think I think his shooting is, is going to come, especially with the types of shots that he gets and the way he was playing towards the end of the, hi- end of the hiatus. I think with more minutes and more more shots up in practice, more shots up in game, I think I think you'll start to see that percentage crawl back up. And same for Danny Green, really. But yeah, for now, C plus for uh, for KCP. And those are those are most of the main rotation players. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six. So that's six of the main rotation players. Without talking about LeBron or Dwight or Anthony Davis yet, um, but two other. Two other additions I do want to talk about on this team and how they've been playing in the bubble. I don't really know how much time they're going to get in the playoffs. But I think the way they've been playing uh, is worth noting. Dion Waiters. He hasn't had much of an impact defensively. Although he is averaging almost a steal a game in his 22 minutes. Um, He runs the offense really well. He's not overshooting. Um, yeah, he's not, he's not overshooting. Uh, he's he's not taking a lot of bad shots. He's he's really running the offense pretty well, and I think it's worth noting that he's running the offense pretty well. And then I think he recognizes he needs some more work on his shot. He's currently shooting right now thirteen percent in the bubble, almost fourteen percent, which is definitely not good. Seems like he's making shooting better than that. To look at his numbers now, it, it does sort of paint an inaccurate picture as to how he's been running the offense, and that's the most important thing for him to do. The most important thing for him to do is not to be a great three-point shooter. It would certainly help. It would be fantastic if he was shooting 35 40% right now. He's just not. Um, but at the same time, I do think if he was shooting 35 40% right now, you would not see him running the offense as well as he is. So... Dion being one of the players off the bench who's who's not going to get as many minutes, any any contribution from him is sort of kind of sort of icing on the cake, really. Dion Dion gets a B, and he gets a B also because I think he's one of those students that you kind of need to give a little of encouragement to, like like throw him a B, and maybe the next test he'll put in a little more effort and work on that A. If you give him a C. He might be kind of discouraged from that, and then you'll see nothing but D's and C's from him from now on. But you give him that B, that first B, and that could get him going. So I think I think the important thing with Dion is to keep encouraging him, and his teammates are certainly doing that. Every time they shoot, every time he shoots, they yell, they yell, say say cheese, because he's from Philly, and Philly cheesesteaks are a thing. So I think his teammates really believe in him. I think it's important that they keep encouraging him. Yeah, I'm I'm expecting a lot uh, out of out of Dion once the playoffs start. 
a surprising addition to this. Now again, don't know how many minutes he's going to play in the playoffs. He's really only got three games in the bubble under his belt. <clears throat> and in those games, almost seven points a game. Shooting 29% from three, which isn't terrible. Uh, you got Taylor Horton Tucker. He's a rookie on this team. He's, if he's not still 19 years old, he's 20 years old. He's extremely young. I think he's one of these guys that I talked about last episode. Every, every season there seems to be a rookie that LeBron, or a young player that LeBron kind of takes under his wing and like really, really likes and really advises. And, you know, I think you've seen that in Cleveland with like Chetty Oseman and like Daniel Gibson. Um, you know, you've seen it with, with Lonzo Ball a little bit. You've seen it with Kuz. Uh, you've seen it with Alex Caruso last season. And, yeah, this season you see it with, with Taylor Horton Tucker, him also being a, a clutch client. I don't think Clutch would have signed him if, if LeBron didn't believe in him in some form or fashion. So Taylor, um, he's been getting more minutes. He's earned a lot of playing time. He'll probably get some playoff minutes, although I don't know how much. Um, he's got a lot of talent. I think he's going to be a player in this league someday. I, I don't. I don't immediately see a spark in him the way that I saw in Kuzma. That that summer league when Kuzma was a rookie and he was playing alongside Lonzo and everyone was really excited about everything Lonzo was doing, I was like, no. This kid, Cal Kuzma, that's the one you guys need to be focusing on. And here it is a few years later. That sort of seems to be coming to fruition. I don't see that kind of spark with Taylor Horton Tucker. Uh, but there is a spark. He's He's quick. He took that time in hiatus to work on his body and lose some weight. Uh, he's got a quick bounce. He's got a really good layup package. He finishes at the rim really well. Uh, I like his shot. He shot pretty well today against Sacramento. Scored his career high of, I believe, 15 points. Uh, so, yeah, that 6.7 number would would shoot up a, a good amount with, with his fourth game today. Yeah, like I said, I don't know how many minutes he's going to play come playoff time, but I would like to see him get some minutes, just because he's young and he's hungry, and he's going to do everything LeBron tells him to do, and that's only going to that's only going to produce great things. Oh, great for Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, yeah, he gets a B. Yeah, he gets a B. Same same thing for Dion Waiters, although not really for the same reason. I think I think THT sort of needs that encouragement. Uh, but with that encouragement, uh, yeah, he. Uh, I think I think you'll look for him to have some really great moments, and he might have a moment or two come playoff time. So Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, he has played really well in their wins. Uh, Thirty-four points, forty-two points, twenty-seven points in their three wins. Their losses. 14 points, 9 points, 8 points, 17 points. Not not great when they lose. But at the same time, like I said, I feel like a lot of this bubble season was to establish the rotation players, and so it wasn't necessarily to focus on Anthony Davis getting better. He knows he needs to put up the most shots. He knows he needs to be aggressive and look for the ball. He knows how to score. I think come playoff time, I don't think we need to worry too much about Anthony Davis. Uh, 
As far as his play in the bubble, I mean, I I I'd probably give him a B plus. He, you know, he could have had that A if he wanted. Sort of coasted a little bit, rested on his laurels. Don't think you can really blame him for that, but it's also kind of sort of an incomplete. In 34 minutes per, almost 35 minutes per game, he's scoring about 22 points a game, four assists, which is nice, almost nine rebounds. He's getting some blocks. He's getting some steals. Shooting 29% from three, which is not terrible. He's also not shooting five threes a game like Frank Vogel would like for him to do. I think if he consistently could shoot five threes a game, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be able to hit two of them. Of course, to to then make him a 40% three-point shooter is kind of ridiculous, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I'd say B-plus for, for Anthony Davis here. Finally, LeBron James. LeBron James ends his regular season, first time in his career leading the league in assists. He was averaging almost 11 assists per game. How do you do in the bubble? Well, in the bubble, 23 points a game. Good. Not great. Eight rebounds a game. Pretty good. One block. Excellent. Assists went down from 11 to about 7. It seems like his minutes did go down a little bit, thankfully. We didn't really need to see him play 40 minutes a game in in the bubble, especially after they locked up that number one seed, and so I think that sort of makes sense. Uh, shooting 33% from three, which is good. Uh, put up 6.5 attempts per game. Made, you know, two to three of them, which is which is really good. Uh, free throw continues to be an issue. He's shooting about 63% from free throw land. Not great, especially... And it, it's and it's confusing, too, because I don't know if a lot of people were wondering, like, in the bubble, if LeBron would sort of shoot free throws in the clutch better. It, it seems to be a sort of weird psychological block. It's, I think every... I think every great player kind of has their weakness. You know, Jordan wasn't a great three-point shooter. You know, I think same kind of same for Magic. I think every every kind of great player has their weakness. Shaq wasn't a great free throw shooter, although he says he was in practice. Um, I think every every great player is going to have a weakness somewhere. And for LeBron, I wish it wasn't free throws because free throws are easy. And I would have thought no fans in the building would have made them easier, but apparently they don't. So it's hard to say. I'm, I'm not going to cop out and give an incomplete to any of the Lakers' grades here. I think LeBron kind of gets a B plus two. He's he's very obviously coasting throughout these, these eight games. He didn't play in one of them. Uh, today he only played in the first half. So... Yeah, I think I think we're waiting on on the complete picture. I think we're waiting on him t- to really put everything together. But yeah, I'd say B plus for LeBron. So really, the only A going to Kyle Kuzma, and that's kind of sort of what you wanted from this picture, from these seeding games. You wanted to establish your rotation players. You wanted you wanted to be sure that Caruso is as important defensively as you want him to be. 
you want to be sure that Kyle Kuzma can be your third most important player. You want you want him you want to see that he could shoot well. You want to see that Dion can run the offense, especially with Rondo being injured. You want to see that Dwight can continue his momentum that that he generated throughout the season. These are all things that you wanted to see happen. And I think for the most part we did in spurts. I think it's all about sort of tying tying all the loose ends together and sort of making that complete package. And I think given time they would. I I it'd really be beneficial if they had an easier first round matchup to sort of have a little bit more time to do this in. But if they play Portland, they may not have a lot of time. They may they mean they they may need to try to sell this thing up as quick as possible in order to get to where they want to be come the end of the season. But you know, all that remains to be said. But those are going to be the grades. Personally, yeah, I believe in LeBron taking charge of this team and leading by example and I think AD will stand right there with him and they'll take this team pretty deep to the playoffs. Uh, I think while it seemed like everything was pretty much a three-team race between the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Bucks, I think now it seems like Houston is in the mix. A lot of people are saying Houston will be in the mix now that you're not going to have that playoff burnout from Jam- James Harden. Toronto is really tough defensively. Boston could be extremely scrappy. Denver improved their team. Uh, they're super long. Bobol is, is a legit player. I think with Bobol and Michael Porter Jr., them getting those two steals in, in consecutive drafts was is really beneficial to to Denver. But you know, above all, the playoffs are here at last, and at the very least, we can we can be happy about that. And I'm extremely happy happy about that. I can't wait for the first round. Can't wait to see who we're going to see. Um, depending on when this comes out, the Portland Trailblazers will play at 8 p.m. Central against Brooklyn. And assuming this podcast comes out before that, you can check out that game against Portland to see if they'll end up being the number eight seed or if there's going to be a play-in or not. Um, but until next time here at Hoopball Lakers, you can follow, once again, you can follow me at jcdeleon one You can follow Ethan on Twitter at Ethan underscore Noroff. That's N-O-R-O-F, Ethan underscore Noroff. And you can follow the show at Hoopball Lakers. H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L Lakers. And until next time, we out. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.